0: you guys are awesome we love having you here thank you so much for tuning into the show but did you know that we're actually part of a larger network You find us on The Urban Conservative or TUConservative.com.
1: TUConservative.com is a conglomerate of a bunch of different shows and podcasts. You've got our show, Two Americas. You've got the twins show, The Urban Conservative. You've got David Hensley's show, The Hensley Report. And of course, you've got Freedom Talk with Clarence Henderson.
0: So if you want to see more of this swirl, you got to get behind the paywall. $10 a year. It's basically ceremonial honestly. You guys aren't making us rich. You're just making it possible. So if you want to contribute to people like us, to freedom fighters, to content creators, to the merchandise and all the other options and all the other bloggers and contributors that are on the way in the future, give us that small measly amount of money and you can forward our ideological battle to the moon. Anyway, I'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. Seriously, get lost. We need a moment.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome to Two Americas. I am Zynga.
0: And I'm Scott. How are we doing?
1: And we are the, the conservative, conservative couple. couple. Oh, yeah. Boo-chakalaka. Um, so I have an announcement to make. I don't know if I've told you guys this, but I have been uh, seeking new employment. And uh, we've talked about how poor I am. And I actually have uh, found a new job. And
0: no way. It worked out?
1: It, it, it has worked out. Actually, we're doing my job duties right now on the show. And I haven't told you this, but we are. And um, we're going to go through a list. It's, uh, I, I'm, uh, I got a job with uh, Santa.
0: No way. Santa
1: Claus. Yep. Uh, the jolly, jolly, fat white man himself. And uh, I'm one of his little helpers. Um, I'm taller than the others, but he said I was skinny enough to join. And so I'm still like technically little. And uh, he has me going through his naughty or ni- nice list, and he he told me that I could do some of the names on the naughty or li- nice list on the show tonight. So oh, Santa's a fan of the show. Santa watches the show religiously. Um, awesome. He doesn't like to watch it around Mrs. Claus because he thinks we're a little risque. Apparently, she's very devout Christian. Oh, I like uh, see that. So anyway, we're gonna go through a naughty or, or nice list, and not through the whole thing. It's some of uh, some people who are gonna get cold, uh, and some people who are gonna get uh, big giant presents for Christmas from Santa Claus. So
0: well. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Congratulations mm-hmm. on the new job. Thank you. I didn't even know about this. This is the first time I'm hearing about it, but yep.
1: so we're going to roll with it. congratulations to me. Thank you. Um, throughout the show tonight, let Santa know who you think should be on the uh, the nice list and who should be on the, the naughty list. So uh, keep that in mind and hit up those comment sections because Santa does read them.
0: Well, I'm, I'm pulling up uh, some of the naughty and nice lists now. That yes, you put I shared up. the document with you. We got some good ones. Yes. So we've got some things to discuss today as we go through this. Did, some so you,
1: surprising, some not surprising.
0: Right. I'm looking at these, and this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. nice to know that Santa's on the same page mm-hmm, as us, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So, did you want to do nice or naughty
1: first? I think we should go through the nice because it's a, it's like a palate cleanser from the, the long day of Wednesday, the hot day. Sometimes mm, that can be rough. And, story. Uh, so let's just go through the nice and l- make people feel good for a while.
0: All right. Well, uh, according to what? Why don't you do the honors? It's your job.
1: All right. So first on our nice list uh, is uh, Rand Paul. Senator Rand Paul. That's a good one. Yep. And the reason is because of how he's just really stuck it to, to Fauci and uh, really, you know, kept him accountable and he's doing a good job. It's like, it's almost like he's doing what representatives should do in D.C. It's very weird. He's representing the people. It's, you, know, you know,
0: it's funny. You see these, you see these like committees and you can tell that it's just an opportunity for them to grandstand against their opposition or to push some kind of party line narrative. And nobody really takes it seriously because they know the game that's being played. But then you have Fauci, who's out there, and you have all of this controversy surrounding some of his protocols and, and the terrible things that have happened to the country and the world as a result of the things that he believes and the things that he pushes and is flip-flopping on all these different positions. And you've literally had one, one senator stand up to the guy and put the screws to him on national television, and that is the libertarian.
1: hmm
0: So – I guess he's going to actually get gifts in his stockings. He
1: year. is going to get gifts.
0: Apparently Santa approves of those methods.
1: One of those things is he's going I think, to, I think Santa, he, he wrote Santa a letter. Santa wrote him back and told him to stop with the perm, so.
0: <laughs> Listen, I don't know if an old fat guy with a lot of facial hair is in any position to judge people about their hair. Hey,
1: hey, 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 leave Santa alone. That's my future bo- Santa. <laughs> he didn't. He, don't judge me because of him.
0: Listen, I didn't see myself on the naughty list here, so I'm going to assume I'm okay. It's
1: only partly. So watch out. You still have time to get on there. Fair point.
0: Jeez. Oh, and the next one we've got is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis.
1: Yay! Definitely on the nice list. Ron DeSantis has been standing up for the people of Florida. It, again, it's another guy that's he's doing what he should do. Doing that's,
0: his job. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is the funny thing. Like we we kind of we kind of put politicians out into the ether like they're just kind of all one class of people that all hang out together and do weird right. things behind closed doors, but they don't really like represent us anymore. Yes. So when you actually see a politician who's doing the things in the best interests of his district, county, state, whatever, it's so refreshing, it's almost weird.
1: Yeah, and their state is doing the best as far as COVID is concerned Apparently, out of all of them.
0: If you look at Twitter and you talk to all the blue checks from around the world, they all make the same joke. They're like Florida has now become like the dream destination of every person who lives anywhere mm-hmm. because they're the only place that seems to get COVID the right.
1: Yep for the kids, for the old people, for the young people, for the other people. It's been great
0: opening up the ports when no one else would, making sure that people got their presents and their packages on time.
1: Sticking it to Biden about illegal immigration, like Let's don't go drop the mother jokes. In. Yep.
0: Yeah, I mean, this guy not only is he amusing, but he's actually doing the right thing for his people. And he
1: sticks it to the reporters too.
0: And, you know, like, the, people forget, too, that the government tried to basically hold monoclonal antibodies hostage from Florida under the equity terms. Mm-hmm. But what they were really doing was trying to stick it to DeSantis and make more people die in Florida in order to make him look bad.
1: So this is why we say this is uh, interesting as far as Ron DeSantis and Rand Paul is because they're looking out for the best interests of the people they represent, which is not normal, because what normal politicians do is they play, and bureaucrats, is they use the people as, like, leverage yeah so we're just like pawns in their little chess game instead of actually thinking about the the good of the country
0: and i can see why i mean look what happened like they literally tried to kill people in florida by depriving them of a life-saving treatment that they know works against covid and they attempted to do it under the auspices of equity and everybody and their dog knows they were just trying to get desantis to look bad they were willing to kill floridians to make a guy standing up for floridians look bad because he is making them look bad his numbers are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. He basically left a place open and just took common sense protocols and encouraged old people to get treated and this, that, and the other, and let people make their own decisions about masking, social distancing, and whatnot. And their numbers are basically great.
1: I would love to know how Democrats in Florida feel right now. Are they kind of like, he's ruined things. Like, you know how people worship Fauci. Nancy
0: Pelosi and, bought an estate on the beach down there.
1: Uh-huh. And you know how people were like, well, like, I'm a cool homosexual, even though he was killing grandma and grandpa oh, yeah. on purpose nearly and covering up the numbers.
0: And everybody knew he was a sexual deviant and just let it slide.
1: Uh huh. So like, if you're in Florida and you're a Democrat and you're scared of COVID and you're all crazy about it and paranoid... Uh, How do you feel about Ron DeSantis considering the numbers are down and you didn't like him when he ran because you voted for the gay black guy? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's probably like they're in a conundrum.
0: Yeah. A big conundrum (laughs) because apparently it's such a conundrum that it doesn't stop them from vacationing there all throughout the COVID pandemic.
1: Right. Exactly. So terrible. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, our next one, this one's a sad one and that would be Tate Meyer Mm
1: -hmm.
0: for those of you who aren't familiar with the name which you should be but I I don't blame that on you I blame that on the media because they attempted to basically memory hole it but the recent school shooting Tate Meyer was the varsity athlete who um, unarmed attempted to wrestle the shooter to the ground and got killed in the attempt yep now you know this is your typical all-american kid you know you look at the picture of him we put him up on the show briefly last week um You know, varsity letter, athlete, honor roll student, seems like he was a well-liked guy by everybody who knew him, and he was obviously heroic because in life or death situation, he didn't even think, he just went for it, Mm -hmm. and it cost him his life, and I don't think that he would have regretted it if you could ask him. Mm. So, we need more Tate Myers in the world. It'd be nice if they stuck around instead of getting killed,
1: but
0: that's a kid who I think if he would... I think he gets an honorary stocking, as I think why he's on the list, Yeah. right? We'll just put one over the fire, it gets full, and... Maybe we give it to charity, but I think Tate uh, definitely was on Santa's nice list before he unfortunately passed away.
1: And at least his parents, because whoever raised him, excellent job.
0: They're on the nice list too. Yep. Well, this next one, you tell me a little bit because I am curious as to how these names got on this list.
1: Okay, I used to be a huge uh, uh, Christian hip hop fan mm-hmm. when I was in high school, um, and actually, people like this is before Christian hip hop got really big like it is now, and uh, folks at church were telling my mom like you shouldn't be letting her listen to that hippity hop or whatever And my mom was <laughs> like listen, hippity-hop. this is the only Christian thing she listens to she's listening to it And you know my mom probably went and back then it was CD She probably looked at all of the lyrics and was oh, like yeah. this will do and didn't tell me if I had to guess she probably did that and was like, oh, this is actual scripture and I was really big into it well lately these same rappers They're they're actually about my age or a little bit older and they're, they're full Black Lives Matter. Uh, uh, they're telling white people, white Christians, that are the ones that buy their t-shirts, hats, and albums, and tickets. The majority and tickets. of the
0: money, yeah.
1: They're telling them, like, uh, you, you're you pro-life, and sure, you don't want us to abort our babies, but what do you do afterwards? Like, mm. very, very judgmental. Um, and it, they, they've they gone full-blown woke in a lot of ways, and to the point where I don't even wanna listen to them, because. They talk about Trump and they talk about politics a lot and I just can't do it. And for a while, I did not listen to any hip hop at all because I don't listen to secular usually, unless I'm like at a party dancing or whatever, or if it's on TikTok, then I've heard it before, but not normally. Well, then I hear about this guy named Tyson James and he comes out with, it's like MAGA rap. And at first I was like, this is the cheesiest crap I have ever heard. (laughs) But then when the wokeness kept coming from people I used to listen to and I and I kept uh, cleaning out my iTunes and cleaning out my, my music on my phone, the more I was like, let me listen to what this guy actually has to say. He added me as a friend on Facebook and I was like, okay, this guy's like he's the real deal. He's like doing Bible studies live on Facebook and stuff like that. So I was like, this is the this is a guy I can listen to. So I'm thankful for Tyson James that he actually gave me some music that I can listen to and I and I listen It's catchy.
0: To it. You've made me listen to it. It was yeah, catchy. It's I listen to
1: it at the gym and go hard It's and fun. The, it's, definitely, it's definitely
0: a big, it's definitely in that vein of music of like, let's go Brandon where you kind of sticking your middle finger up to the man, but
1: he was, was on the let's go Brandon song.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun.
1: And he he sticks it to Christian hip hop. He sticks it to prosperity uh-huh. gospel people. He sticks it to you if you're listening to it and you're just like willfully living in sin. I mean, he he sticks it to you. I mean, he tells people like, yeah, you come at me, I'm gonna shoot you in the face. It's it's the greatest. It's like it's like super ultra so masculine. Sense. Yeah, yeah. He, his his uh, Instagram and stuff you watch. He's got these little white kids running around. He's like building a house and they build a house with him. His kids. Uh, he's like he's not he's not like a, a guy that's like yeah, I like big black women because he's white. His his wife looks like somebody that would work at your preschool.
0: Right. Yeah. Which leads us into our next uh, person on our nice list, Bryson Gray.
1: Bryson Gray is the guy who who did the "Let's Go Brandon" song, and it went like ultra big and mm. top charts and whatever. I don't know. I don't know what it's called, Billboard, or whatever it is. Right. And uh, he, Tyson James was on that that song, but they've done a bunch of songs together and stuff like that. And he he's 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 a, he's a little odd. Some of the things that he says is like okay, it's a, it's a little too much sometimes because he just went super right wing Christian, and I think I th- I would disagree with some of his doctrine, but for the most part, the guy he 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 lives what he preaches. It, it seems.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's always going on and on about Twitter, like doing these Bible studies or asking religious questions, mm-hmm. doctrinal questions and that sort of thing. He's, you know what he reminds me of? Is he reminds me of those people who just quit smoking and suddenly they become like evangelists for exactly.
1: other people to quit
0: smoking mm-hmm. where they kind of go a little too hard. And it's like, bro, I know. Shut up. <laughs> I'll be like, but do you respect the Sabbath though?
1: Yeah. It's, it's stuff like, like all right, that. All it's right, like, bud. We get it. <laughs> okay. Like I'm not Jewish, you know? <laughs> right? I don't know. It's a, It's like doctrinal questions like... I don't get involved in him because I also am his friend on Facebook, but it's just good to have two guys that you can listen to and your kids can listen to because they don't curse. Uh, like even Tyson James was excited because he was like, uh, I can say I can finally join in, in the F Joe Biden uh, chant, but I can just say, let's go Brandon because I don't curse. So it's like <laughs> good, clean music that you can play at a party and not be worried about somebody getting tainted.
0: For, yeah, for my personal opinion of Bryson, especially following his Twitter feed. Um, it's not like I know the guy personally is it seems like he's extremely enthusiastic about, about the new lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, and he's kind of having his like solid Tarsus thing going on where he's just like, he was going hard for himself and now he had his, you know, like his, uh, what's the word I'm looking for?
1: Uh, uh, um, Conversion Yes, And so now
0: he's going really hard in the other direction And so while he may irritate a lot of people And start petty fights over silly things Or like get into doctrinal squabbles That aren't necessary to get into I like where his head's at and I like where his heart's at And I like where he's moving And I think he'll calm down as time goes on and he matures in it
1: He started off like I met him one time He was like a delivery guy Yeah. So he just worked his butt off and, And started recording music and it took off
0: Good for him. Well, Santa's gonna bring him a present because he's on the list. Yep. All right. This next one. Oh well, you lead it.
1: Uh. Okay. This is a this is a written house jury. Um, oh, so it's a bunch of people. Apparently. It's a it's a twelve people mm-hmm. or however many? Was it twelve? But do you count the? I don't know if he's counting the uh, like the alternate jury. You're gonna have
0: to text Santa to get the deets on that one. But he doesn't yeah. text. He
1: um, doesn't text. Yeah, I'll call him later. But uh, definitely the ones that did the the, the did the. Dick, the the acquittal <laughs> had to get all that ish out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> had to get the zulu out of
1: your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> had to get it out. Um, well, they did the right thing. I mean, it was clear-cut self-defense, and they didn't let the culture and the mob and the the the, um, the potential harm on their own life uh, sway them from doing the right thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, because if you if you kept track of it, like Z and I did behind the scenes, there were activists attempting to dox the jurors. There were people from NBC who were banned from the courtroom because they were following the jury bus. Um, They had paid insiders everywhere telling them every move that they made so that they could follow them, get their information, pressure them, etc., etc. I mean... These people were made the focus of an international trial where everybody had an agenda in the media and in the pop culture to get Rittenhouse indicted and convicted, and so those poor jury members, man, they had they really were in danger, mm-hmm. and they did not sequester them as they should have.
1: That was concerning for me. After what's that that book? Or is it a movie? I think it's a book, a John Grisham book, The Jury. I think it Runaway is. Runaway Jury. And when you see how like intense these these uh, these trials can be, and yeah. how how important the jurors are, and how how seriously they take it, and then with this case, they didn't really take it that seriously. And I was like, man, they should have sequestered them because they could still see the the tweets and the uh, yeah. the comments and stuff threatening their lives and whatnot. Like,
0: so I. I I don't know if the – I don't see the judge on the nice list here, but this is only a small sample, so he might be on there. But all I'm thinking is is just on a competence level. Like that judge should have – put his finger to the wind, recognized what was happening, and immediately just locked that whole place down. Yeah. Because it was going to turn into a circus, and he had to have known that. Right. But this jury, they're getting their Christmas presents from Santa because... No pull for them. Because they made the right choice despite tremendous social and political pressure. Yeah. And that's what we all have to do when it comes time for us to do that unfortunate thing of jury duty is we got to make sure that we vote with our conscience, with morality, with justice in mind, not with... Am I going to lose my job? Am I going to get angry tweets? Is someone going to throw something at my house? You got it. Sometimes you have to step it up and be courageous because if it was your butt in that seat and you wanted justice, you'd expect your peers to do the same for yes, you. Yes,
1: Lord. So, Amen, brother. Good for them. A to the man.
0: Yeah. Our, our last sample on our nice list for today is, ooh, well. Santa and I clearly are of the same mind on about this individual, and that would be Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina, Mark Robinson.
1: Mm-hmm. He's a good man. I think he
0: put that one on there for you because that's very specific.
1: Uh no, he he he, he sees you when you're sleeping. Yeah. Uh, he knows when you're awake. Um, it, it's not specific to a peop, a certain people group. So Santa knows everybody. Personally. No,
0: no, what I mean is is he Santa had to know he was your boy, and he wanted you to talk about him. He's been kind of throwing you a favor, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know what? It could be Santa has partial because they're both big guys, they're both jolly, and they both love to chat. <laughs> Come on, you know I love you both,
1: <laughs> Mark Robinson. You know what's interesting? We had a talk, a conversation um, with a friend last night, and. You remember he was saying like this and that, and and you were like, you know what? I think that people are tired of the politicians from the nineties. Mm. they're tired of politicians who um, go along to get along. They don't they don't talk about certain things in the culture. They kind of let things slide. They worry about tax reform instead of uh, what's happening culturally to children or what and and what have you and so just forth their and constituents, so on. Absolutely. Yeah. So they just kind of, you know, they have no balls. And you were saying, I think that uh, I think that the appeal, part of the appeal, at least to Mark Robinson, is that he 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 speaks for people. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I think people forget that there's a that like we live in a, rep, a repub, republic, right? And so, even people on our side will still do that, like uh, Democrat thing where they think, oh, they just go and they vote, and like, no, that's not how this works. They're supposed to speak for us. They're our voice in D.C. or they're our voice at our state Capitol. And that's what Mark is. I mean, I keep going back to this because it was so amazing to me, but Glenn Youngkin, he had progressive uh, lifelong Democrats voting for him that were moms because they were concerned about one issue, which was their children. Right. Um, and he was able to change their mind and he was not nearly as dynamic as Mark Robinson, he wasn't that great of a speaker. He wore those stupid little vests all the time. <laughs> he kind of looked like your goofy neighbor. He wasn't very cool. Like there was nothing really super interesting about him, but he just stuck to the issues and he represented a group of people. And I think that's what Mark Robinson does. And so I think people under people who are so into politics can sometimes underestimate, like you just said, like with the, with the judge mm-hmm. and kind of go, ooh, I, I see what's in the air right now because they they don't think like everyday people. But Mark is really speaking for people who don't want gay stuff in their in their kids' books in the library. And he's, he's,
0: yeah, and he's, I think that's probably why he's on this list is because he's willing to go against the grain, willing to go against the establishment, willing to go against the media. He never backs down. He never apologizes for protecting children, for getting filth out of their curriculum. Um, he takes the threats, and he returns fire, and he returns fire hard. And I like that about him because you know, people used to call Trump a counterpuncher, and in some ways he was, but Mark Robinson is just like a wrecking ball. Mm-hmm. He just comes at you, and if you try to hit him, he just keeps bowling right over you. And I love well, watching the way he manhandles the corrupt media, attempting to smear him and all these sorts of things, because he is right. Everything he's saying is righteous.
1: Uh, Yes, I was just going to say that like the difference between him and Trump like Trump is like, I know I can do this job and he could he could have at least But Mark is standing in there or or going into situations like I know I'm righteous and that's the difference Also, people think that people who are who have public office of any kind are leaders. That's not necessarily the case almost at all Like if you meet some of these people, they don't necessarily have leadership issues They have other skills like maybe they're good at policy or they went to school for it or they're just really good at numbers they're good at numbers or they're good at schmoozing and, and rubbing elbows with the right people. Or Some
0: people are just, they literally have no skills and they just know the
1: right people. Right. Or something like that. But you know when you look are. at somebody like Mark Robinson, and am I kissing his butt? A little bit. But it's also true. Like we love the guy. Sure. We have a personal connection. But at the same time, everything that I'm saying is true. I have a personal connection with a lot of people. Right. But with him, he's he's got this special thing about him because... He, he, like I said, he steps into the situation. He knows he's on the side of righteousness, but also he has leadership skills, like actual leadership skills, and that's what makes him different. He didn't go to school. He didn't. He wasn't a young Republican. He didn't go to college and was like, I'm a college Republican. He wasn't any of that. He's just a dad and our grandpa. And he's like, wait a second, somebody's got to say something. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing is that somebody's got to say something. Someone has to step up. Someone has to sound the alarm. It should be America's dads, but that's not happening. So we have one guy that's saying it. And everyone's like, oh, he should sit down because everybody else doesn't think that way. Little do they know in their living rooms at dinner tables, they're talking about it.
0: Right. And there's a reason he went viral in the first place with this whole issue on gun control. Yes. When he went up in front of that that meeting and stood at that podium. And... (laughs) a lot of people feel the way he feels but maybe they just don't have his courage right maybe they're too afraid to speak up maybe they just don't have his eloquence or his ability to speak yes and so they're putting all of those hopes into him so people mistake this all the time analysts make this mistake all the time they're like you know we need we need people like him to calm down so that the moderates don't get scared off but meanwhile the moderates are watching his video on loop they just ain't saying anything
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: what i mean so the heart is Well the they're same.
1: moderate because they're partly afraid
0: Yeah, and so they're looking for someone who isn't a fence rider. And that's, I think, why he ended up on the nice list, is because he's someone who's willing to take it all and get out there and fight really hard for what he believes is right, no matter what comes at him. Yep. And that's a very admirable quality that we need in more of our politicians.
1: It's good. It's nice.
0: And so that brings us to who's getting the stockings filled with coal.
1: Let me tell you something about Santa Claus. It takes a lot... For him to put someone on the naughty list, and if you're on the naughty list, it's because you are really naughty. Mm. Uh, and so, you gotta all, earn it. all these people that he gave me a little bit of a sample of, I mean, they are really naughty.
0: Naughty. That's like a French accent. Thank you. It wasn't a compliment.
1: <laughs>
0: so, it's your list, darling. Why don't you lead us off with our first coal-filled stocking recipient?
1: So. When I saw this list, I was like, me and me and Santa are kindred spirits because Mm. I also kindred, 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 kindred Kindred spirits because Santa and I, uh, we, we share this, uh, this, this opinion in common. I think black rifle coffee sucks. Mm. I think they are naughty. Now, first of all, their product is actually pretty good. I'm a avid coffee drinker and Mm. I really love it. And I was never had it. So I don't know. I subscribe to their, their coffee, uh, company and I would get a bag every month and it's pretty good coffee. Uh, but the problem is, is that black rifle coffee and the leadership there are grifters. They used the second amendment, freedom of speech. They did the whole like ultra masculine guns blazing, 50 calibers on top of tanks. And big boobs. Big and boobed and women with bikinis and AK-47s. American flags everywhere. Yeah, right? it's like they did the, like if pa- like patriotism on steroids with no morals. I mean, it was insane. And it, I'm like, you know, I'm going to support a, a conservative company and because that's what we should do. We should vote with our dollar, right? right? Well, it turns out that Evan Hafer, Schaefer?
0: Schaefer, I believe.
1: Whatever. The CEO of that company uh, did an interview, and and, uh, the, and Matt Best, who, I can't remember his position, but he's a part of the leadership there as well. And they did an interview with the New York Times, and they were uh, Evan specifically, the CEO, was saying things about a conservative patriot, like Trump supporters, Republicans, like if they stop buying our product, it's kind of like taking out the garbage. Uh, like he doesn't care about losing our our uh, our money, mm-hmm. our, us as customers. That pissed me off. Um, there may have been evidence that he donated to Joe Biden. It's hard to say, but I mean, you can look up, you can look up that stuff like anybody can and it, his name is there. So it's like, uh, he, he may have, maybe someone Photoshopped it. I don't know. Uh, but it's it's likely that he did.
0: The scandal, according to the online folks who defend Black Rifle Coffee, is that it was a lost bet that caused him to have to donate some set amount of money from the bet to the Democrat party.
1: And if that is- Which,
0: you know, maybe is true, but that's not really what people are upset about when it comes to them. You know what I mean? But the thing
1: is, is like, that's a, like that's a stupid bet because right now like we have America swinging in the balance, mm-hmm. our two way rights are always um, on the chopping block according to the Democrats, and so for him to say, "Oh, I lost the bet. I'll just donate." My, like that's
0: it seems yeah it's it's, it's it juvenile seems chi- at best childish, really irresponsible at worst. Right. So another thing there's too is issues
1: with with black rifle coffee is
0: is a lot of people will say like, "Well, okay, you you, you don't know if they actually donated to the Democrat Party." And maybe they said some stuff about the MAGA people and it was just one guy. Why would you hate on a whole company? They do a lot of good work for veterans, yada, yada, yada. And that's a fair response. The problem is is that they threw Kyle Rittenhouse under the bus knowing full well what the footage showed, knowing full well what the situation was. And they had one of their – I think it was like their director of marketing go on a podcast where he's saying you know, th- nasty things about Kyle, nasty things about people like him and that sort of stuff and how he doesn't want those customers affecting their – their marketing base and being associated with them, so they they didn't just distance themselves from Kyle initially because they did this in a reasonable way. They said, "Look, like we don't we don't endorse or you know like advocate any of this stuff," and they took a very professional line, which is perfectly fine and justified. But then they took the extra mile to go out on podcasts and interviews and say mm-hmm. how stupid they thought he was, how they don't think that the you know he. he, he you should have been in that situation, etc., etc., etc. Instead of just waiting for the facts to come out or analyzing them as they were and being who they claim to be, which is the kind of people who would be in that situation.
1: The, I mean, the whole so people Cal- felt betrayed. The, the Kyle Rittenhouse thing—it's like it, that proved why we carry guns, and then why how many rounds our magazine holds is none of your freaking business. Yeah. Maybe he would like if it were me in that situation. I would have needed more rounds than he sh- than Kyle shot. And Kyle. The- Cal. Do
0: you know what it? Do you know what it also revealed to a lot of people, which is why they lost a lot of people, and it wasn't even necessarily anything to do with Kyle. It was what it revealed about their their character in relationship. Exactly. To Kyle, is because there is this thing, and I've seen this because I'm around these people constantly. There is an elitism in the self defense and gun community, where like there's like the operators, the vets, the ex law enforcement guys and gals where they feel like they're the only ones who should ever be able to use force because they're the only ones equipped to do it, the only ones professional enough, the only ones properly trained, the only ones with the vaunted wisdom to ever be put in those situations because they're the most deadly and they actually know what they're doing. Never mind the fact that a lot of them have never seen combat. Never mind the fact that many of them are actually inferior in terms of their training compared to other people who actually specialize in this stuff. Never mind the fact that most of them are just fat asses with big beards and expensive goggles pretending. but. I digress, there is an elitism in that community and you see it, you see it all the time. These guys who jam a bunch of creatine in themselves, pack themselves full of protein, go to the gym all the time and bro out and then they go and shoot a bunch of expensive hardware that gets funded through media marketing companies and NGOs and then they act like they're friggin' Navy SEALs when most of them probably never actually shot at anything that wasn't a bird. And then they try to act like no one else should have that right, that no one else should ever be able to make that decision, that no one else should ever be able to do it, only they can do it because they're the elite Hmm. they're fake. And um, most of the people that commit violence in this world are either skinny little guys in the hood and they're not doing it properly. They're just doing it randomly. Or it's like, you know, those guys who you wouldn't expect who look like Mr. Rogers who just happen to be attached to like some special forces unit at some point and just happen to see some terrible combat. It's not these big bloated dudes with these big operator beards with too much protein crammed in their system. You get the occasional guy like that you know, like a Jocko Willink type who's just this big giant rock of a person who actually goes out there and kills folks, there are literally like, I don't know, 16 of them on the whole planet who ever actually get in that situation.
1: And I don't know about, I, I, I know that uh, Matt Best and Evan Hafer, I think they did actually see combat, but I, see, I still see what you mean, though.
0: But, like, the guys who are making the biggest, like, bloviating about it the most were the dudes who aren't even, like, the ex-vets themselves, or if they were, they were never dudes who were in combat. They're just like their marketing guy, you know what I mean? They're right. just running their mouth.
1: Also, that marketing guy, Miley Yiannopoulos ripped him in half. Oh, over, see, I never saw that one. Oh man, over, uh, it was, a he's, he's an atheist, and he was talking about, well, most wars have happened because of religion. And Miley was like, excuse me, darling, no, it hasn't. Uh, and just like, and I was like, what? I mean, it, he he did such a good job that the guy was just like, <laughs> and just sat, he said, well, let me finish, darling, you finish, let me finish now and, and just like ripped him in. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about. So Black Rifle Coffee, they're on the naughty list because mm. they're lying sacks of trash. And um, I think that we need to scoop the grifters out as much as possible and do not, uh, do not buy their stuff.
0: There's a lot of people that will try to capitalize on the fact that we're creating a parallel economy out of necessity. Don't let those people have a dime of your money. Give it to the true believers.
1: Yeah, like, I don't, like, one last point. I don't buy Nike because I'm like, why am I going to buy stuff that, from people that hate me? Exactly. And there's, like, there's other things, too, that I need to shave off as far as what I spend my money on, and I'm sure we'll talk about that uh, as we get married and stuff and combine incomes. I'm going to have a secret account. Uh, but, uh <laughs> But you know, like there's more I can do. But I'm like, I'm gonna do the first things, and I did the first the things I love most, which is like coffee. So I really 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 go to Starbucks. I'd rather go. Uh, I drink coffee at my job, at home, it's, it's or whatever. Piss anyway. And then, uh, and then, what I like and shoes. I love Nike Air Max. I enjoy Converse, but I I haven't bought anything. And everything that I have that is Nike <sighs> is just super old. So. And there's
0: there's a lot of things I like that I've had to give up as a result of politics and culture war, and it's unfortunate, and I hate it, but why on earth would I help them fund their opposition to people like me?
1: They're getting rich, and they spies us. Also, during all of this controversy, really, really last thing, they were planning on, uh, they they had plans to go public. That's right. So it's like, we, we need people. And then they also did a like a transgender runway. Kind of
0: weird gay marketing thing. Yeah, everybody videos. was there. They had like
1: painted nails and they had makeup and on. And it could be
0: just, just construed as like, oh, they're just trying to make fun of it. But it was
1: it, it, was it so there was unnecessary. was no unnecessary. It. it.
0: was almost like they were doing it to appeal to that market rather yeah. than to lampoon it. It
1: was, it was no coffee in it. It was like, it was like that, uh, that Doritos commercial with the gay ghosts. <laughs> it was just like, what does it's this like, have to do? What does this have to do with chips? And then at the end it was like, uh, Rico likes Jeeps. And he is also gay.
0: (sighs) Well, they're definitely getting coal in their stockings. Enjoy it, boys. And we're moving on to our next recipient of coal on the naughty list. And that's, well, this one's obvious. Juicy Smollett.
1: Smolier,
0: Juicy Smollier. Well,
1: he lied. Um, He lied a lot. He's a little gay man that lied.
0: Yeah. The little gay
1: man that lied. I
0: think the media's done a good job of letting everybody know who he is and why he's there. I think everybody in the world can pretty much understand why he's on the naughty list. So we don't need to really go into it in too much detail, except to say, enjoy your lump of coal and we hope you like prison.
1: Also, um, J- uh, J- Jason Wiglock, he he has this thing, like he's not mad at him, but he has this thing with uh, half black people mm. when they like, they over black.
0: Mm. So
1: uh, Colin Kaepernick, like with the Afro and just overly black, it's just like, bro, you're half white. Uh, Juicy Smoulier, he's like, he calls them Africans. <laughs> and he said never heard this before. I, he made it up. He's like and uh you know he talks real slow. He's like, and I, I don't say that with any malice. It's just it is it, 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 it is what they are. They're Africans Americans. <laughs> just like oh my God. he's like they he's like Af- African Americans need to sit down somewhere and stop choosing the black side for victimhood points and uh popularity and stuff I like agree. that you're half white it's ridiculous. chill out
0: it's ridiculous
1: i have a cousin i was telling him it was like he was all complaining one time about and another cousin his sister they were complaining about black and this a being black that and i was like you're half white and then my brother was like no nah, but in the eyes of culture they're black i was like but in reality they're also white
0: he is definitely a african
1: African, <laughs> I'm gonna call it that. He gonna be like, Yo, Z, you crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this next one, this is another celebrity, Gage Grosskreutz.
1: He ain't a celebrity. Don't even give him that status.
0: Well, he is in the eyes of the mainstream media. But he is the gentleman who Rittenhouse blew his bicep off as he attempted to murder Rittenhouse.
1: 60% of my bicep was ev- eviscerated. Ooh. And 100% of
0: your stocking will be filled with coal. Make sure you use your other hand to grab it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think he's been... He was uh, like... Yeah. The best is when they start shrieking for like a medic and all these sorts of things. Medic. Like like they're in like they're in Afghanistan fighting off like the Mujahideen or something. Well they really
1: thought they were. Yeah. And not to mention the one guy one of the guys that was trying to be a medic or giving people medical attention was the guy he tried to sheet <laughs> yeah. So He's calling uh, out for
0: the medic and Rittenhouse is like, I'm right here.
1: Uh, gay and what was his uh, rap sheet? Do you remember it? He wasn't the pedophile. Gage,
0: I believe, was the one who pulled a knife on his brother and his grandmother, if I'm not mistaken. Held a knife to his brother's throat. He also choked his girlfriend and had a restraining order against him for that.
1: He sued the city for $10 million or something like that. City of Kenosha. He was all over the news talking about this and that happened. And they got on the stand and was like, he's like, but he didn't shoot until you pointed your gun at him.
0: That is correct. Well, he was also illegally in possession of a firearm and he was also concealing it illegally and he had let his permit expire and was still carrying. He was
1: carrying a 40, right? So it's a. uh, Was it a 40 caliber or a 45? I think it was
0: just a Glock 19, like a 9mm.
1: No, it was like a 27 or something.
0: Oh, so it was a 40 cal? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) What a loser. That's right, it was a 40 cal, SNW.
1: (laughs) What a loser. Slow round.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the guys carrying 40s out there are like, hey, we're.
1: (laughs) You um, know what I think is funny about that debate? And this is this is a side note. When people are like, it's such a slow round. Like last night, uh, our friend was giving me a hard time because he's like a oh, 7.62 with a slow round. I'm like, y- you make it sound like people are like. Whoop, whoop,
0: whoop, <laughs> I was going to me- say, when they say slow <laughs> round, they're like,
1: like it are you dodging it? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, okay, it moves slower than a 9 millimeter, but people aren't like.
0: Oh, <laughs> I was going to say a bunch of Neos oh. out here in the Matrix. Or
1: going like this to it.
0: Like oh, well if it was Misty. only a two two three, they wouldn't have dodged it. Yeah, like slow round. Listen, people, when it comes, we could have a whole show on ballistics alone. But if it goes pew pew and it's rel- it's not like super tiny, it'll do a lot of damage and it'll kill things. You just got to get good at shooting it under pressure. I, I, I'm not one of those people where they're. If you look at if you look at the data out there. Um, the proofs in the pudding, it literally takes like 1.5 rounds on average to deter an attacker once you've made once you've made any kind of hit on them. And this includes everything from a 38 up. So you could literally have anything and it's better than nothing and you'll probably survive if you shoot your target and hit it. And you probably don't have to mag dump it either. There's rare cases where that's the case. You start getting into those little mouse rounds like 32s, 28s, some of those weird calibers that people don't really buy as much of anymore back from the day when there was more of them, th- then you might have to use more rounds. But as like the famous mobsters from like the Irishman and whatnot would say, you know, a 32 can do plenty of damage, and they murdered a lot of people with those calibers. So it still works, all right? So spare us the caliber thing. Like If it goes pew-pew and it hits your target, it's a tool, it'll work. Um, Darn it. So let's talk about our next coal recipient. This one's Alex Stovall. Are you Alex Stovall? Hey dude, James Lalino, Project Veritas Action, I need to show you a video. Party is disgusting to me. The stuff that they're doing is should be criminal, and they should all be thrown in prison. No, I don't have respect for Candace Owens anymore. Will I take her donation and take her donors, absolutely, but it goes no further than that. I have James O'Keefe on the line right now, if you would like to give him your comment directly. Hey, there. hey, hey Alex, James, hey. James O'Keefe here. Alex! Alex? Good. We'll talk later, James. Alex. Alex, would you like to give your comment to James O'Keefe about the undercover footage in your campaign? Oh
1: yeah, you're getting a real new splash about how politics work. Okay, so Oof. Alex Stovall is a, is a complete idiot. So in that video, you can tell he was trying to show off in front it's of that girl. Like a lot of people were like, I think a duel, you, they, you both swear he's gay. So either he was impressing that girl because he just wanted to seem congressional or he was impressing that girl because he was like, I like white chicks.
0: Nah, he's gay. He was just being full of himself and showing off.
1: He was so arrogant. And then he's like, you're learning. I, I saw a clip that was like, he, he said to the girl, you're learning a lot about politics. Like he just knows things.
0: <laughs> just making stuff up.
1: Oh, uh, the grifters got to go, baby. Yeah. The grifters and the grifters get lumps of coal.
0: All of you. All you rhinos, all you grifters, all you opportunists. If you try to take up the mantle of conservatism, you're going to have to deliver. People aren't asleep like they were in the '90s. We're starting to pay attention, and people are sick and tired of tyranny. So if you're going up to, if you're going out in politics to enrich yourself, we're going to pay attention to you, and we're going to expose you, and we're going to embarrass you, and we're going to call for you to be primaried and removed. This isn't this isn't the old days folks where you can just hide behind the papers mm-hmm. sympathetic interviews and assume that most people don't really know who you are or pay close enough attention. We've got Twitter now. We've got the internet. We've got alternative media. We've got Alex Project Jones we've got Bear Toss. Project Veritas. <laughs> You're not going to get away with it. We're coming for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, enjoy your coal.
1: Another mm-hmm. thing about Alex and this is the thing I, I can't stand about like black conservatives. And a lot of them don't do this, but there's a few that do. Mm. And one of those things, and we've talked about this because it pisses me off, is that they, they uh, join conservatism, uh, and they're like, I have been enlightened. And then they'll say, well, Republicans are just as racist as Democrats, or Republicans are racist too, or white conservatives are racist. They need to do more for us, blah, 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 blah. blah. And there's sure. a, there's a, like, there's a movement of that. It's like black conservatives alternative, I guess. And, and that I've seen them on Twitter. Uh, Because at one point I was just so excited to meet other black conservatives, even if it was online. And so I I added people, a uh, a lot of people on Facebook and followed people on Twitter and I got excited. And then I started seeing their tweets and I'm like, what the devil are they talking about? Well, those same people that were saying those things about white conservatives and white Republicans are now on Fox. Literally to this day, I saw one, I saw two of them on Fox doing interviews and I'm like, oh, well, weren't you just talking trash about Fox last year? Like you're... Like, it's just changed all of a sudden? No. They all want the same thing, which is a little bit of money, and they're 15 minutes of fame.
0: I tell you, man, this is my personal opinion, but you can back me up or not. If your entire stick is black identitarianism, you're not a conservative. Yes. Point blank done. Yep. If that's all you care about, if that's all you are, if that's your sole marketing position, you're not a conservative. Because our position is race doesn't matter.
1: Yes. And I, I, and when you say that, they're like, oh, here we go. Here's another candy song. Here's another... Brandon Tatum, I'm like, you know, I agree with what they say, and they don't care. Yeah, they they don't they legitimately don't care about race. Now, there's a difference between what Adul does. A duel does a really good job of this. I don't think Adul cares about race at all. Otherwise, you wouldn't be on the show. I wouldn't be on the show because I'm not urban enough to be called the urban conservative, and you sure as heck ain't. Uh, but he doesn't care. He's like, I just want good content the out there.
0: Pudding of this show. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he's like, I just want good content where people are going to learn something. Hopefully, they learn from us. But Adul does a good job of saying, okay, I'm not all about race, but we still need to tap into the black voter pool. What do we need to do to do that? And he he caters the message to black Americans. He caters his events to black Americans. I'm on phone calls with this guy. I talk to this guy at least once a week. I, I know his plans. He works very, very hard to not change the message, but repackage it and be like, here, Let's have a Motown and Mimosas because nobody wants to sit and listen no black people want to sit and listen to Bluegrass. I mean, that's just not happening. That's the
0: thing too, is like Adul and Raheem are what they are selling. Yes. Like they do not like, you know, he he's like what RKI tech, architect. Yeah. Like, he these guys were hip hop artists in the nineties. Yeah. In the inner city scene. Like these this is who they are. Mm-hmm. They got older, they got more sophisticated, they got wiser, and they realized that like race and Started identity family, is kind of ridiculous. A kid. Yeah. But like, the way they talk, the the cultural touchstones that they share, and they understand, like, the music they listen to. And they to. don't
1: change the way that they talk if they're talking yeah. to a senator so-and-so. I've seen it with my own eyes. Yeah, a
0: duel doesn't have, like, a white voice that he slips into. A duel's a He'll duel. do
1: it to be funny, but that's it. Yeah,
0: he's doing a bit, usually. That's the thing. And, like, they're real. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so they understand the black mindset. They just don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. But they understand what they need to hear and so they talk to them on in their language and their level and their experience. You know? And
1: and Adul is is cool too because, um, unlike other people that just, you know, start a podcast and start a like an organization, have other people do the groundwork, Adul does the groundwork himself and so does Raheem. They go out and they door knock for candidates, they they talk to people Those guys don't one on one. They open up uh they're at like headquarters for little black girls to learn how to dance because they were outside. Like they do the real work in the community that needs to be done. So, yeah, you know, that's, the, I think that's what people need to be doing. It, white, black, Hispanic, Asian or other.
0: And there's another thing too, is like sometimes the left tries to attack us for using identity politics as well, mm-hmm. and we do. There are people in the conservative or Republican or whatever movement where we take advantage of the fact that like, oh, Z's black and pretty, we need to put her in the front of the picture, right? They do I mean, do if this. you want
1: to. I mean, you know. Yeah,
0: they do this though, because for so many years we've always been excoriated as the party of racist, bigot, homophobe, this, that or the other. So anytime somebody naturally comes to conservatism, they wanna put it front and center, it, it kinda makes sense. The problem is, is sometimes we overdo it. But um, in this case, you know, it's the real deal. And that's why I love this network and that's why I like working with these individuals because I may be the minority on this program, but again, none of us care about race, so that doesn't matter. It's just a funny thing to make a joke about because other people care so much. These are just my friends. Um, Where were we with our point? We were talking about Stovall, yeah?
1: Um, I'll uh, introduce the next person. and I think that uh, the reason why this person is on Santa's, is on Santa's naughty list is because uh, overdramatic, um, uh, a little bit self-centered, mm. kind of a, a hypocrite, a mm. uh, fucking liar. Certainly uh, in this case. Just, just those few things. Um, and it's Cori Bush. Corey Bush, Mrs. Uh, would you rather I die? Is that what you want? They would rather I die? You would rather me die? Is that what you want to see? You wanna see me die? Don't oh, make me yeah.
0: honestly answer that, sweetheart. Like,
1: so she, uh, she's anti-gun, correct? And uh, she hired, she used thousands, I think hundreds of thousands of taxpayer money for personal um, security.
0: Oh, she really beefed it up too, mm-hmm. apparently. I've looked into it.
1: And so they asked her, like she was asked about it and it was like, would you rather I die? Is that what you want? And I'm like, I'm, you know what? The next time somebody says something about me and my gun, I'm gonna say, would you rather I die? Is that what you want? You want, to, you want me to die?
0: The woman is so ignorant and obviously a, a racist. But then but that, that could be excused in modern left's sort of pantheon of bullcrap.
1: It was 100% excused. But she's such a bad liar.
0: That's the part I don't understand is I only could watch this woman talk and be like, oh, she's got my vote. That's a sensible young lady right there.
1: You know what it is? It's they, they they use the white guilt thing 100%, which is exactly what Alex Stovall was doing. Mm-hmm. Which is oh, uh, they're going to vote for me because I'm young and black. They're going to feel they're going to be try to be less white. And that's because that's what the left does. He thinks like a leftist. And Cory Bush knows that and so she uses it to her advantage. And she goes out there, she says what she believes. She could say, "I want to kill all of you white people and your babies." And they're like, "You know what? I think she should she should be a congresswoman." 100%. Yeah. You got to be an idiot and you got to be an idiot without morals to be that idiotic to say, I'll vote for that person uh, that hangs out with people who want white genocide. <laughs> it's just a, it's just
0: amazing to me. You know, it's like both sides of the political fence have their doofuses that get a little bit garner too much media attention. Yeah. But Corey Bush, that big mouth broad is just an embarrassment. Guys, get her off the TV. Just put her in a little corner somewhere, give her some like, big, fancy-sounding assignment, take her to a few steak dinners and stroke her ego, but get that broad off the camera. It's embarrassing for all of you.
1: You know what's, what's scary is that she is now in the forefront, but how many people are just like her and worship the ground she walks on, and oh, they're just gosh. like, they're, uh, they're staff members.
0: Can you imagine the staffers that follow her around that like her and think that she's doing good? What they're like.
1: Well, what people don't know is in the <sighs> in D- DC, we're like, oh, Congressman Scott Harris wrote this bill. Really, what's happening is it's these these kids who graduate with degrees, uh, and I, I've I've seen it, and I've been to discussions about it, so I'm not lying, uh, and it's not hearsay. They they said it, <laughs> so they uh, I said
0: it out loud.
1: Yeah, they. I mean, it, it was. Uh, I went to a leadership institute, um, like seminar thing, and and they. They brought in people like, how do you get a job on Capitol Hill? And one of those is like, if you're a staffer, like your policy wonk or whatever, sure. it's 23 year olds that are writing policies in DC. Like maybe- Very young looking folks. They they are young. They're fresh out of college and they're smart kids and, and all of that stuff. And, and where I went, Leadership Institute is more conservative. And so you meet these like really smart, conservative, like really conscientious, like, yes, I I, I work for Senator Scott Harris and I just, uh, he's on the, uh, the, uh, the committee of military blah, blah, blah. And I just enjoy reading. And I'm like, you enjoy reading about military policy law stuff? <laughs> Ugh. And Someone's got to do it. They're really, really nerdy kids. Very, very smart. But can you imagine who they have on the left? Mm. They're probably little baby Cory Bushes are writing policy and that's why we always get stupid Green New Deal stuff.
0: Narcissistic like genderqueer studies graduated from brown, shaved off one of their boobs, let their armpit hair grow out.
1: Only on one side. On the opposite side of the boob.
0: Right. Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine what kind of started lunatics... Start taking
1: hormone pills so they can grow a beard.
0: That or they're absolutely um, unscrupulous mercenaries. Mm-hmm. They're the kind of people who know exactly who they're representing. They know that Cory Bush is a moron, but they're riding her coattails to take advantage of her.
1: I don't think so, Scott. I think they're just as moronic. The reason why I say this, think about uh, with what I just said in mind. Think about the Green New Deal. It was five pages long, right? Mm-hmm. And then it was so idiotic. And it's like only a dumb 22 baby Cory Bush could come up with something like that. Yeah. And we, we attribute it to AOC, but she probably had the idea and was like, I want this legislation written. I want, I want this written. And some kid was like, I'm on it, boss. Well,
0: you know what's funny is how like... Mitch McConnell played him right back. They put that out there. The rhetoric was, this is where everything has to go. Everything's Green New Deal. Everybody was massaging AOC's shoulders. Oh, she's so brilliant. She's the future. This is going to save America, yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, they're probably all laughing at her behind her back because they know that this is a joke. So she just gleefully takes it out there like this little kid who's got an overinflated ego because nobody ever told her she's a moron, and they let her put it out there. And so Mitch McConnell's like, oh, okay, so um, we're going to play this game. Let's force a vote on it then. And so the entire left started pulling their hair out. They're like, how dare he make us vote on this policy that we've just been pumping for a month straight? (laughs) And it's like, clearly because none of you want to pass it because it's absolute moronic. It Idiocy! Was, like, yeah. come
1: on! It was it was trash. And you know what happened when they said let's vote on it? There was a, p- a bunch of people who donated money to all of these congressmen or congress people. It was like I own such and such air space or whatever. <laughs> like, you better not vote for
0: that. <laughs> yeah, because it was absolute ridiculousness, and they were running it as propaganda. But this is what they do: is they prop up the worst people, inflate their egos, and make them feel like they're doing something. And then it's it's like. I don't know, it's like telling your toddler just to keep him quiet, like putting him in his playpen, like, Yeah, you're the king of that castle. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, just govern your servants and vassals. That's right. Do that just while daddy watches TV. You know what I mean? Like
1: Well, can you imagine someone doing that to Mark Robinson? No. Remember we talked about the difference between someone who holds office and then leadership. It's vastly different.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So you got idiots like AOC who are just like puppets.
0: They are, they are, and you know what's funny though is how those little puppets have the ability to influence people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and how they have the ability to influence the others simply with momentum. (laughs) For those of you who can't see, Zia's doing a best marionette impression. So we've got one more, and this is more of a category than a person. Seems like uh, Santa's got it out for conservative (laughs) thoughtery.
1: All the conservative thoughts.
0: <laughs> you know, this is a legit problem. Um, you know, look. I hey, am,
1: explain explain conservative thought. All
0: right. First. So obviously everybody who knows what a thought is, if you don't, the acronym is T-H-O-T, that ho over there. It's basically referring to a girl who's obviously marketing herself for sexuality in order to gain acclaim, fame, money, clicks, what have you. And it's kind of turned into a certain personality type online with people who are like me who are on social media too much. You can kind of pick out a thought pretty quickly. And they come from both sides of the political aisle, religious, non-religious. They kind of take all forms.
1: Well, when they're like going to the range today.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you'll see this a lot in the gun bunny community where you'll have these women who are like, Yay, Trump, MAGA, conservative values, 2A, free speech or die, like, don't tread on me. And, like, I'm a Christian girl and I'll make my husband a sandwich. But, like, then they put videos of their butt and a thong and they're always showing their boobs in every shot gratuitously. And they'll be like, learning how to defend yourself is so empowering. Hashtag girl power. And then it'll be her in, like, a thong and a bikini shooting, like, a 50 cal. It's like, that seems like impractical clothing when there's hot shells flying around. The point is, is that conservative <laughs> thoughttery is 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 a, a contradiction.
1: you look at a lot of these pictures?
0: It's a contradiction in terms. I've looked at many. And only only for analysis sake. But the the issue is, is that it's a it's a contradiction in terms, right? <laughs> I am I'm the last person in the world to lecture anybody about like using sexuality the wrong way. All right, for anybody who's ever watched this show and they've heard me confess my past sins, everybody knows where my past is. But this is why I feel like I'm equipped to answer or to, or to discuss this, because if you're going to go out there and you're going to try and change the culture and influence it and defend something, then by God, me, by God, all means, defend it. But that means living it. And that's really hard to do for people who are kind of hell-bent on getting this attention or they're just sexually promiscuous. You know, you look at somebody like Tomi Lauren, and she's a good example. Now, I don't know if she is included in this category or not because Santa didn't give us any names. Probably. But I would say yes, because this is a woman who will just post social media pictures of herself, 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 herself.
1: Meanwhile, Me she's going
0: crazy and going angry and going hard on all the libs for this, that or the other. But it's like, okay, tell me, I I actually agree with what you just said, but why did I need to see your boobs when you said it? Clearly, you're trying to get attention for the boobs. Now, maybe it's just a marketing ploy, a cynical marketing ploy, where she's like, well, nobody's going to listen to me just because I'm a young blonde girl, and they'll just say I'm a young dumb blonde, so I have to show my boobs and my butt and dance on a bar and a country bar in order to be taken
1: seriously. And and that's a lie, because Kaylee McEnany, uh, a... what's the girl name some uh, Ainsley Earnhardt. Dana, Dana Lash Dana Lila Lash. Rose yeah there's, there's too a bunch many of, of them and they're all gorgeous women, women. so bullcrap. crap I call blue And this crap. is why
0: I think this is how you can tell is if the body is being used as the marketing tool to get to the content that you agree with then you're dealing with a conservative thought if the content is what pulls you in and then they just happen to be beautiful okay kudos to them but that's how you know If they're marketing themselves in such a way that, oh, hey, I'm all about gun rights, but all you see are tits, it ain't about gun rights. It's about tits, and the gun is just ancillary. It's to meet a certain sexual fetish. If the person is like Z, where they're all about leading with their voice, and then it just so happens to be that she's pretty and black – Okay, that's how you know it's real. But if she's just like, I am a strong, black, beautiful young woman, and I believe in Jesus. Well, clearly Jesus was the second part of that clause in that sentence, so it wasn't the priority.
1: I push, I get my push-up bra on and I say, Jesus, 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 Jesus.
0: And and I've seen TikToks (laughs) like this from conservatives or quote-unquote Republicans or whatever. Can I add? Seriously, enjoy your your coal, ladies, because you deserve it.
1: Can I add one thing? Because I think... I had a, a full-blown argument. I was a part of this uh, group on Facebook that was like all Trump. And it was uh, like red, white, and Trump or something. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And people were posting pictures of young white girls with bikinis on, like MAGA bikinis and oh, that like was Oh, like that was like stuff. a
0: huge thing, like MAGA chicks, Trump chicks with like thongs on boats and with flags. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was a big thing a
1: couple years ago. And one of them was like, uh, a MAGA hat, a chick with a MAGA hat on, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was backwards so you could see the make America great again. She didn't have anything up top. And this was a picture from her from behind. And then she had a thong on, like a red thong or something. And it was, no, it was like two girls. I can't remember There was fully. a lot
0: of stuff like this online. You know? uh,
1: but I was like, what the devil is this? And so I, I commented and was like, yo, this isn't conservative. And they were like whatever uh you you're not conservative blah 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 blah. people were coming at me and these were people that i agree with politically i had a i mean it was fighting off like 20 of them by myself it was fun and what like one guy was like oh someone has a problem with thongs like you must not wear any i'm like i'm not talking to you about what kind of underwear i wear and then another guy was like oh you have a problem with thongs i said i sell thongs for a living i was a bra fitter at the time i was like "Nope, i don't have a problem with thongs i have a problem with because uh, with half pornography, and then you put a MAGA hat on it and suddenly it's conservative. That is not conservatism. Conservatism in it, and I don't care what anyone says, people, you can fight me on this, fight me on this. Conservatism, part of conservatism is the traditional values of Judeo-Christianity. That's what it is. So showing your thong and because you have a MAGA hat on or you slap up American flag is not uh, conservatism. It just isn't. Like just call it like oh isn't that a patriot patriotic tailpipe okay I'll be like well fine it's patriotic there's a there's a flag up there but you can't call it conservatism
0: yeah you can love Donald Trump and want to wear a Donald Trump bikini and show off your body and all that sort of stuff but again there's a big tent out there we ain't gonna include you in the conservative section
1: and you can like you could take like some girls have problems with bikini pictures or whatever I don't care whatever you. That doesn't bother me as much, but you can tell the intent by yeah. the way a girl stands in a picture. Like if she's, she, you can do certain things and make your butt look massive. You used to model. You yep. were teaching me this. You had me taking pictures. What type? we was showing me how to like do things, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> she's
0: like, what do I have to do? <laughs> uh,
1: you could tell the intent behind it. the 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 All reason right. why uh, I I I uh, showed Santa a picture of this chick that was like, I'm going to go make a sandwich. And she took a picture and it was like her forehead was cut off, but most, you know, she could have gone like this and boob wouldn't have been in the picture, but it had to be down here. Yeah. Just
0: giant knockers because somehow that's relevant to the sandwich making. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's like, I would make a sandwich for my man and also wear the v-neck.
0: Listen, we all know it's another form of grift and that's what makes it non-conservatives because we know that you aren't doing this with a pure heart, that you're doing it for yourself. You're doing it to get attention and you're trying to ride a wave of conservatism return to normal values, gun rights, etc., etc. You can love Trump and not be a Christian. You can love Trump and be gay. You can love Trump and be trans. You can think whatever you want to think. It's a free country. But you are not a conservative if your values don't align with your message. And people are going to call you out on it. That's just how it goes. And it's important that it goes that way because if we have no values and we turn, turn into this giant big tent where conservatives, conservatism simply means being anti-left – well, then we're just going to be as bad as they are, and we're going to de- deteriorate into something just as useless and destructive. We have to stand for something and be something different, yep. and that's what makes us special. And
1: that's men what makes need us to what stop we're fighting s- for. Men need to stop simping for that. Like I know it's hard. I God, don't have the
0: Stan accounts out there.
1: Ugh. I don't have a testosterone and uh, Willis and Doodleberry. So mm-hmm. you know, like I, I don't know how hard it is not to look at those pictures. Uh, I would say if you have a significant other. Don't
0: That is a very accusatory
1: glance. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know you. I love you. But some people just be like, oh, yeah, that's kind of nice right there. Yep. Amen to conservatism. Like, keep sliding. Unfollowed. You know, block. Like, when uh, we started dating, there was this muscle guy I used to like to... Uh,
0: yeah. You tell I, me about that. I
1: liked when he showed up on my feed on Instagram. And I'd yeah. be like, oh, nice. But he started getting more and more gay mm. because... Like, most of the time, straight men, they just go, check me out, girl. Uh-huh. But he started doing this number where he would pull down his his whatever just enough. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, God, I can't see. I can't. I can't. It does things to my insides. Well, I have a, I have a
0: basic policy, which is when I get into a relationship, I kind of unfriend all the, the models and the gun bunnies and the attractive look at me's and just kind of clean up my pages so that everything's basically just political or... Corgis. Guns. <laughs> Guns, knives.
1: Stop sending like. me Corgi stuff because they think I like it.
0: Uh, I will not.
1: On Instagram. They're like, oh, you want more of this? No.
0: Don't hate on the Corgis. <laughs> All right. So we're starting to get close to the end of the show. We've got a little bit more to discuss. <laughs> now, I've noticed that there was this sort of subcategory uh, that oh, that's mine. gave you. That's mine. Oh, you made that's this mine. up.
1: Uh, I, I think um, there are certain people that are Grinchy. And they just ruin everything. Faux show. Sure. Uh Scroogey too. Faux
0: show. Sure. And
1: I think those people are uh Biden and Fauci. I mean they screwed up uh, you know, twenty uh, Fauci screwed up twenty twenty. Uh well we met, so that's good. Yeah. Um I think we were destined, so who cares? Um uh, and then Biden is obviously screwing up. I mean, Thanksgiving costs more, gifts cost more. We can't get gifts anyway. If we could get gifts, can't buy beef. It's more expensive. Gas is up. I mean, he is screwing the pooch across the board. And his administration literally laughs at us. They go, well, you know, get up, buy a uh, Tesla.
0: <laughs> Lower your expectations. Yeah, don't Inflation is money. good, actually.
1: Yeah, they, they think we're idiots. And I think they're Grinchy because they've kind of ruined the holiday season, which to me, the holiday season is from Thanksgiving until New Year's.
0: I kind of view it the same way. It's all kind of one big season mm-hmm. to me. So These two definitely deserve a Grinch award. Yep. Fellas, stop being like this. You suck. Well, we've got one last segment before we conclude this, and that is our use of force segment where an armed robber is thwarted by a gun-toting defender. Let's take a look. A brazen daytime robbery attempt captured on security video. Look at this. It happened near... Melrose Avenue and Vista Street. This is in the Fairfax area. Investigators say two men got out of their car and confronted the person in the blue shirt, believing he was about to be robbed. That man pulled out a gun and fired. The would-be robbers went running and police captured them soon after. Now the LAPD is asking for help in finding the person with the blue shirt. All right, so as you can clearly see in this video that we have a successful self-defense shooting. Luckily, this has a happy ending, but there's a lot we can learn from this. And one of the things you want to point out very quickly is that uh, watch where you are, you know, like be aware of your surroundings, you know, keep your head on a swivel. In this situation, he was standing in a parking lot talking to some people and a car rolled up that, you know, expelled a couple of tough guys looking to strong arm rob somebody. Now you can see right away that he kind of catches that something's wrong based on his head movement and you see that one of the potential robbers immediately goes and starts putting his hand down to where a concealed weapon is. At this point, luckily the defender actually had a weapon of his own and drew and began engaging his attackers before they had a chance to fire on him or to pull their weapons out and point them. So this was point one in his favor. Now here's where the problems start. If we actually watch the footage again, you can see that our defender basically pulls out and extends his arm and he keeps a hold of his possessions in the other hand and kind of tries to shoot on the run. So there's a few problems with this. Obviously your accuracy is gonna be greatly diminished. Now, I don't know if he actually struck the first perpetrator in this or not, but it looks like they were both able to escape once they realized that he was uh, locked and loaded and was gonna engage them but this could have very easily gone a different way. Firing like this while turning your head means that you don't know what's behind your target, and which is one of the basic rules of firearms is that you, if you're gonna shoot, you gotta know what is in front of and behind your objective to hit. So in a neighborhood like this, he's just spraying bullets and running. While it got him away safely, it could have also ended up in an 8 year olds skull across the street,
1: I thought it was going he was going to accidentally turn and hit the girl too.
0: it was very likely he could have. And I'm not entirely sure given his lack of training that that would have really bothered him all that much. You know, again, I can't speak to the motivations of this particular guy, but my guess is is that he probably wasn't carrying legally either, given the way that he ran and shot. This is probably just a gun that he had because he felt like it was a dangerous neighborhood and he wanted it for protection, which is his right. However, here's the problem. When people with that mentality, they tend to have very poor firearms control and almost no training, if any at all and you can see it in the way that they shoot. You can watch thousands of hours of recorded footage like this where people are just pulling guns out and running and shooting in random directions, covering their face, turning their heads away because they have zero training. This is very important, is that as a licensed carrier, as a potential self-defender, that you learn how to use your firearm properly, that you practice and stress drill so that in these situations you get two hands on the gun, keep your eyes on the target, engage the threat, and then keep the gun on the target until they're no longer a threat. So instead of running away and pointing and shooting, What he should have done is planted his position, maybe moved a little bit laterally left or right, engaged his targets with two hands on, and then followed them down to the ground and made sure they stopped moving.
1: He could have actually got both of them. He had enough time. Yeah,
0: and he had plenty of time to – now, here's the thing. The objective is to stop the threat. Right. So in this case, he did. But by shooting the way he did, he could have very easily taken shots in the back himself and not actually hit anything and stop the threat. So he's also making this more dangerous for himself as well as for the bystanders around him. Notice too also that he never drops his possessions. Now this happens to quite a few people, well-meaning self-defenders will often get an adrenaline rush. They'll get into a life-threatening situation like this and they'll engage an attacker with a weapon of their own or a tool of their own, but their other hand will stay gripped on the object that they was holding. It could be a cell phone, it could be a bag of like groceries, Whatever the case may be, you can see in this the same thing happens. It's very important that you teach yourself and train for these situations to drop what's in your hands so that you can go hands-on with the attacker with both arms, to defend yourself, to stop a potential knife attack or a dog, to get both hands on your gun so that you have good three-point contact and can stabilize and make accurate shots under pressure. If you're so busy worrying about your Verizon bag that you just got and you're shooting with the other hand, you're severely compromising your ability to defend yourself. It's very important, I think, this is why I encourage people to go to outdoor ranges or specialized self-defense for, self def- for, uh, for shooting, because an indoor range is very limited in terms of what you can and can't drill. You basically just stand in one spot, shoot, maybe you can pull it back to like a low ready or something like that, push it out and you can shoot again. Some, if you're lucky, will let you do it from a draw. But it usually takes some kind of membership, blah, blah, blah. You need to train the way you shoot in real life. And that doesn't mean standing there and just pointing at your target under optimal conditions. So this is why I like um, outdoor ranges is because you may be able to get out there and actually stand there with something in your free hand. And then someone might be able to go threat. And then you actually have to drop the bag, get your hands out, get your hands on the weapon and engage the target. This is why training is so important. This guy, again, he got a happy ending, but in many ways, he simply got lucky. He had no skill with the gun. He made a ton of errors. He put other people's lives at risk. And luckily, he got away because his attackers were cowards, but they could have easily just been determined to murder him and just open fire on him as he ran away. And probably he wouldn't have hit anything because he was just simply spraying and hoping as he turned his head and ran the other direction. So if you're going to end up in this situation, what the takeaway from this is, is that legally, he obviously had the right to engage armed attackers. Morally, he had the right to do so, but he did everything else technically wrong. And he put himself and other people at unnecessary harm and at risk because he didn't have the proper training or the discipline to act in accordance with the level of responsibility that is required for a firearm in an urban environment. And that is today's use of force.
1: Can I add one thing? Absolutely. Um, when you were talking about dropping the bag or yeah. dropping your possessions, mm-hmm. that's really important because like your muscle memory, um, and this is with anything, like I played sports and you know you do these drills over and over and over again, you hate your coach for it, but then when you get in a game, your body just kind of does it without yeah. you consciously yeah. really thinking about it. Um, I think it's the same thing. And so we went to the range the other day and we had a conversation with the what do you call them? Range, range officer,
0: range safety officer, officer,
1: safety officer, and he was talking about videos he'd seen, and I and I've seen them too, where people will get burned by a casing, mm-hmm. and they'll go, Oh the, and the like man. they'll kill their son, or they'll shoot their shoot uh, through their cheek. Uh, peop, like when you get in that situation, if you're not like really controlled, really aware, uh, and you're working with a gun you can kill yourself or someone else. And, and it's happened a lot. Now, one time when I was shooting last year, I had it on a tank top and I got really burned. Mm-hmm. But I won't say it's because I trained a lot because I just really started getting into shooting regularly. But I knew enough to be like, ha. Ah! So I just went, <laughs> <laughs> I went like this. I was like, oh, oh, oh. and I dropped the gun like that because I didn't want to go. Ah! <laughs> so it's like, if you don't train your body is what I'm saying. You yeah. like what you were talking about and going you're through absolutely right. And
0: you know, these are funny little details that people don't think about. They think I have gun. I have the will to shoot it. I saw the guy. I opened fire. I did good. Right. Mm, there's always more you can do and probably should do. The irony, too, is that when you look at a lot of this footage, especially from like the inner cities where a lot of this kind of violence does happen, the majority of the shootings do happen in America, it's almost always performed by two parties that have zero knowledge of how to use violence.
1: Well, that's why kids are always getting shot.
0: Right. It's just people, they're like, I have a gun, you point it that direction, and you jerk the trigger, and then the other thing dies. And that's the extent of their knowledge. And so they shoot in a way that reflects that ignorance. So if you have even just a little bit of training and a little bit of self-discipline, you have a massive leg up on any potential attackers that you might face, at least on domestic soil. I don't know how it is in Brazil or how it is in some other countries. Maybe that's a little different. But here, if you have the discipline and the temerity to pull, draw, eyes on target, plant yourself, and then move laterally while shooting the two points of contact, most likely they're toast.
1: I was going to say, from what I thought he was going to get them, when I first saw the video, I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, he got him <laughs> But he just went ah like that and I was like, No, he could've gotten them. He had enough time because right. they hadn't even pulled anything out. He just he just saw that. I guess he saw him yeah, go He forward. had
0: he had the drop on them because he was aware mm-hmm. and he had them dead to rights. But instead he of
1: he could have got both of them. Instead easy, of
0: instead of decisively ending the threat in a safe and secure manner, he decided to run and gangster shoot. Yeah. So in any case, that's all I have to say about that. I've talked enough about it. Yeah, I think it's about to bring this uh, ship in for a landing.
1: Man, Merry Christmas, y'all! Merry, Merry Christmas, freaking Christmas. This is a. It's been a. It's been a tough year, but uh, one of the things I like to do for myself uh, as a mental exercise is, uh, especially when I'm feeling particularly crappy um, about my life or whatever, is I I sit down and I and I pray. I guess if you're not a prayer, you could just list some things off. But I I thank God. For for, I find things to thank God for. So it, it, it changes my mind and it, it, it makes me feel lighter, brighter when you just go, huh, there's a lot of good things happening right now. And I feel like most people can always find something to be grateful for. Like maybe you don't think you can be grateful and tis, this tis not the season for you, (laughs) but unless you're like in North Korea in a, in a camp somewhere having to like, uh, sell out your parents for a bowl of rice, like most people Seriously. in America do have they we do have something to be thankful for like even if you're homeless it's like well there's shelters there's churches there's there's food uh, places to get food there's all kinds of people who are willing to just be like oh here's five bucks kid like we live in the, the uh, in a rich country that still got some values left and and it's I think it's still saveable at least for a couple of generations and so I don't know what that just kind of came out of me. It's like find something to be thankful for. I had to do that last week. I had a rough week last week emotionally and stuff. We both did. And I had to like really find things to be thankful for. And so uh, lean into that.